Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturdays. Hi, you people. It's Anna David here. I am your host, I host After Party Pod, this very podcast. I also have a website called After Party Chat, which tackles all things addiction and recovery. This podcast, however, normally tackles addiction and recovery, but sometimes we veer into other issues. And today is one of those times. My guest today is the loveliest lady ever. Her name is Georgia Hardstark. First of all, I love her name. Second of all, I love her. She and her best friend, Allie Ward, uh, are television stars. They uh, had two seasons of a television show on the Food Network called Drinks with Allie and Georgia. They also had a web series for the cooking channel called Classy Ladies with Allie and Georgia. They do all sorts of things. They do comedy shows. They write for Hello Giggles. And the way I found them is that they host uh, co-host one of my favorite podcasts of all time. It's called Slumber Party with Allie and Georgia. And please listen to it. Um, they're they're really smart women who, what I love about them, and by the way, Ali is going to be a future guest. We've already been emailing. What I love about them is they are not talking about how they're feminists or they're strong women. They're just talking. And they are allowed to be strong women who are not making a statement who can be feminine. I really appreciate that. Anyway, Georgia uh has had a little bit of a troubled youth. She was this wild kid. She was into meth and she has struggled with eating disorders and esteem issues as most of us do. And we get into all of that. So I hope you love her. I think you will. Here's Georgia Hardstark. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? Um, But yeah, so I told you, I became so obsessed with your podcast that it was it wasn't healthy. Oh my god! I do get like that a little bit about. Oh, that's all I do is like find a podcast I love, listen to every episode until I can't stand the people anymore. Yeah, I never reached that saturation point because. I stopped. Like, I, yeah. I kind of legitimately, it was time to move on because <laughs> I was beginning to think I was, you know, the, the fourth person in the room. Yeah. You know? I love that. that. The fact that we can do that somehow, I don't know how, is, like, fucking awesome. Yeah, me. you got me to Malibu and back, which Holy is a shit. trap. I am honored. I Like, the, the amount of, like, people that have got me places yeah. on podcasts... Like, that's all I listen to is podcasts and audiobooks. I don't even listen to music anymore. I know. I go back and forth. And that's the only reason I'm not listening right now is I got back out of music kick. I oh, don't nice. Know how. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's like, so I told you, I, I discovered you guys because I happened to be in the bar in New York so the weird. night the New York Times was doing a style story on you. That was 2009. Yeah, no, let's not get depressing okay, okay, here. Okay, yeah, no, I So will. quickly, we'll get to right, the depressing okay. parts. That but, yeah. night, we flew to New York. To do the story? Yeah, and we didn't have to, but we were just so gung-ho. Yeah, on, like, of course. Making this little opportunity we had work. It's so not a little opportunity. I know. By the way, that's huge. Yeah, so we, like, were there. We were there for that. Yeah, so glamorous. <laughs> just flew in yeah. for this style But we're broke as fuck, and we both have, like, day jobs and stuff. And, oh, like, that's... lied to them that we were sick. Sorry, allergies. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was there, and I was like, who are these women that you're writing? I was talking, to, I was introduced to the writer, and he said, I for the New York Times and I was like oh that's important yeah. and impressive and he said I'm actually here with these two women and he you know I'm doing a story on them they have this this cooking show and it's this huge hit and oh um, my god and so yeah and so then I discovered you and then what I saw you do storytelling oh yeah where so I was I used to have that show as you know I know I wanted to do your show so and bad and I wanted you to right so when bad. we were ending it I think is when I was like yeah <laughs> I know I know and so and because you're friends with Allison. Oh, I've heard her episode on your oh, yeah. podcast Yeah. I've been booking her for years. I yeah. never knew it was pronounced Augusti until I heard it on your podcast. Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, why didn't she correct okay. me? What did you say? Augusti. Augusti. That's spelled. That's, that's close enough, though. That's not like... I'm a, like a freak for pronunciation. I appreciate that because my last name, it's spelled how it's hard, stark. Yeah. Two totally normal words. No one ever fucking gets it right. What hard they stack all the time. That's that. I mean, I was gonna say that's crazy, but I almost could see myself doing. I it. see it and I get it. And I don't. It's fine, yeah. but it's like the the fact that it's just two words. Yeah, kind of drives me crazy. Two syllables. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then Allie has that weird spelling of her name, mm-hmm. which I'm obsessed with spellings too. Oh, okay. Like I have a friend named um, Seamus, and I always say Seamus. Because S-E- I'm picturing it. S E A M U S. Yes. That's so weird. You know what I can't stand? Wait, what's the name that I, that drives me crazy? That I'm like, that's not that's not fair. You can't oh, do that. Siobhan. Oh my God. Yes. yes. No. You're not allowed to do that. It's. Can you spell that? That's word? it. Well, I can now because I met a girl and I wanted to call. I was like, so how do you spell? How do you pronounce your name? Yeah. Or like how that's not it? written. And it's yeah. Sh- it's. What is it? it I think it's S. I O B H A N. No, no. I know. No. Illegal. That's not your. That's not. A, that's not how you spell your name. No, it's so. Crazy. It's Irish, or but still. Sure, fine. You know. That's so funny. That's exactly it. No, because it's enraging and confusing. Um, but so so yeah okay so then, then I right, I wonder how I discovered your podcast. It wasn't because I was like looking for some specific guest. I just you know every now and then we'll get adventurous mm-hmm. with it. And then, it, and it truly is, I emailed you this, but it truly is the only podcast where women are talking about, and they're not being men-ish, yeah. and, they're, and you're being real and not talking about feminism, but actually, because that bugs me, frankly, yeah. but actually being exactly what that is, which is like independent, yet sexy, smart, not trying to be smart, 
women. I appreciate, you know, it's funny because, you know, we do all these, we do cooking channel stuff and we do all these things where we have to be a certain way, kind of, you know, we're yeah. ourselves, but yeah. we're, you know, an edited version. Yeah. So we started doing the podcast and it's so much fun because it's exactly who we are and exactly right. the way we talk. And so I like that that's what comes across because it's totally not what we're, but it's nice to know that, you know. Yeah, it really, it really is true. And I, I feel like, and I don't, I get why women can be like this, but women who are trying to sound intelligent um, and, and intellectual mm -hmm. is a real turnoff because it's really apparent. Yeah, and it's, it's like alienating because you can't, you can't like, you can't um, identify with the person at all. Yeah. It's not who they are and it's clear. Yeah. I love a girl who will just freak out for no reason and like this, she's like, excited about stupid shit and like be genuine about it. Yeah. And not like try to be a certain way and. Yeah. Or be like, you know, closed off. And anytime I meet someone, I'm just going to be the most open, kind person I am until they turn out, to, if they turn out to be shitty, then fine. Then I'll stop doing that. But. Right. Right. I know. I just think people either have that or they don't. Yeah. And it's completely just how you were raised. Well, we're, yeah, that's true. I was raised by a single mom who was a total badass, so. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, let's go back to the beginning then. Okay. So where where was the single badass mom? <sighs> oh, I have this thing. Okay, well, hmm, okay. Oh, because I will confess one thing. Yeah. I do find your voices pretty similar. Oh, yeah. And so I do, I have definitely had trouble tracking who's into what. I've wondered that. It, to me. But I'm, no, I think I'm not that, great at that. I think it is, and we hang out all the time. So you talk similarly, yeah. but not, I mean, I, I've now gotten that, that you stress about having to take care of your parents. No, Allie does. That's Allie. Yes. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. And I know she's into the bugs. Yes. Allie's the buggy science girl. Wow. Okay. And what am I? I and then I'm the other one. I really thought that was you. <laughs> that's like, so funny. I was picturing you. Wow. No, she, um, yeah, her parents are sick. And so she's always taking, having to take care of them. And you, but you, okay, you were engaged for a while. Yes. Talked about it on the podcast. Okay, that was. I cool. was totally engaged. Yeah. And okay. She, yes. Okay, good. Um, okay, so this single badass mom. Yes. We. Uh, so my whole family's from LA, but my parents decided to move to fucking Orange County when mm. I was born. So I had. Sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, yeah, I was raised in Orange County in Irvine, which is like the yuppiest, you know, waspiest part of Orange County. Oh, I didn't know that was true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So being a single mom there was like not a thing. Mm -hmm. So that was what she had to contend with. And brothers and sisters? Older brother, older sister, mm -hmm. but really close in age. I was a surprise. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So yeah. And you know, they're the coolest people now, but yeah. They we weren't had, then? No, they were, we just had such a, you know, we were so close in age. We were raising ourselves. Right. Was your mom was working? Oh, time? yeah, always working. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a fend for yourself situation, mm -hmm. which is great. And, you know, I love, I think back and I'm so happy I turned out the way I did. And I love my parents, even though they are crazy and made mistakes. Right. But, you know, but I wouldn't want to raise my kid. If I ever have a kid, I don't want to raise them the way I was raised. Right. Right. What would you want to do differently? Um, I don't want, I mean, three kids. Yeah. Like, that's fucking that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like and this is, I'm not saying anything bad about myself, but I feel like my siblings' lives would have been, and my parents would have been so much better if they only had two kids. But, well, okay. As long as you're not the one that should go. Yeah. I'm not saying I should have never been born or getting right. like, super depressed, but I right. know that like life would have been easier and they maybe wouldn't have gotten divorced. Oh, really? Because it wouldn't have been as stressful. Like, yeah. The money thing was one thing they thought about all the time. 
But people choose to have like 12. I can't even no, imagine. No, I mean crazy people. Crazy, frankly. yeah. But so, okay, so they got divorced when you were how? I was five. Okay. And my dad, you know, he like he could have fucking moved on and got another family and skipped town, but he moved across the street from our house. Okay. In an apartment and I, you know, we, he was just always in our lives. Okay, so you weren't really raised by a single mom. No, no, single parents. Yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, and so then you were in Irvine and you, and so you were kind of a crazy teen. That I know. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so I saw your storytelling because some, I never really went to storytelling shows, which was weird when I had one. Yeah. I should have been scouting talent. Oh, I get it though. It's, I was just kind of over it. Yeah. I was really only into mine. Yeah. Frankly. No, I and, think that's um, totally fair. I don't think you need to have this, like, be into the genre to have a show that you like doing. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I was just sort of playing it by ear. But somebody took me because they were friends with one of the girls who what did was that it? show. was it? Radio Picture Show? I can't. Okay. It was at The Virgil? Yeah. Lauren and Shauna. Yes. Shauna, she was friends. Shauna's a doll. Radio yeah. Picture Show. Such a great show. It was great. Yeah. I really liked it. I really liked you. And then Nick Thune was it. I yeah. Think it was, and he was great. He was great, too. Um, and so you talked about your crazy youth yeah. then. And that's how I know about it. Yeah. But I, don't, I have no memory. So. Well, so, you know, like, I don't know if this is what you went through, too, but, like, kindergarten through high school, same people the whole time. Uh-huh. Did you have Ish. that? Uh, it, we switched at uh, high school. Okay. Well, so I, you know, in elementary school, I was a nerd, I was an outcast, you know, and I'm not saying like, I'm a big geek, but right. you know, I was one of the, not one of the popular girls, got pantsed in fifth grade in front of everyone. Right. That's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I rebelled to not be seen as the person I was in elementary school. And I just fucking went off the deep end and just, I don't know, like I met some punk rockers, some better punks, and started hanging out with them. And mm -hmm. it was basically this group of everyone who didn't have a normal life. Mm -hmm. All the people who weren't wasps and all the people whose parents were somehow fucked up. And mm -hmm. it just kind of banded together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And you were angry together? Um, just not, just, you know, rebellious. And like, so bad kids. Yeah, I was, yeah, they were bad kids. I was just making really dumb, you know, decisions for myself. Like what? I started doing drugs so young. And I, I know, I think back now, it's purely out of, you know, hating myself and having zero confidence whatsoever to like think that I am worth enough to, to make my own decisions and not care if these people like me or not. Right. It's right. just so sad to me, I think back to that person, because I don't feel like that's me at all anymore. I don't know. I, I think I just rebelled against social norms mm -hmm. so much and wanted to get so out of that mm -hmm. and rush to be, you know, autonomous and make my own decisions. Right. That I just made so many bad ones. And so how did the drugs start? Um, well, the, the kids I hung out with, you know, they would drink and smoke pot and every once in a while they'd be like in acid or something like that. And then just met a girl who did that and did it with her and just started hanging out with the people who did that all the time. And then I got caught with it in eighth grade. In pot? No, with, with meth. meth. Okay, so, so <laughs> one day, so she's like, I have this thing, and did they call it meth then? They call it speed, it's speed. always called speed. I yeah. didn't realize that like that's not yeah. synonymous with meth. Yeah, yeah. Until I was older, and I, and then like I was dating someone, and, and I said it as meth, and he's like, wait a second, I thought you just like did p like p pills, right. speed pills. No, oh shit. So it was. So she, one day she's like, "Oh, I have this thing. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Here, do you want one?" Mm-hmm. 
And so you took it and what? Um, I felt amazing. Oh, you like did. that's where the confidence came from. The first time in my life, I felt so good about life mm. and so happy. And you know, we had gone to therapy. You know, I've been going to therapy since I was a kid. Yeah. I'd taken antidepressants since I was a kid just because yeah. my whole friends and my family, we are all, we all have some sort of depressive anxiety disorder. Yeah. All yeah. of us. Oh, you're a Jew, right? Yes, I'm Me a Jew. Too. Yeah. So, yeah that's it's kind of just in the blood. I, exactly. And yeah. I don't think it's a big deal and I'm not, you know, it's fine, but it's like, it suddenly fixed that yeah in a way that like therapy and drugs never did or like right or yeah so so they don't they do it slower right you know <laughs> right or more manageably and not yeah yeah away your brain or whatever so okay and so you started to, like you started to get your own pills or how did you get them it was it was powder like I okay lines of I can't I can't believe it and, and you know it's weird to talk about and I'm, I'm like so not sure of how far I should go with it because I do have this cooking show and this like ah uh, but no yeah. but, but at the same time like Anthony Bourdain can be an ex heroin addict it's and I'm true I don't know if like I and I don't want to be ashamed of it and I yeah. don't want to be embarrassed or feel like I'm like promoting this drug culture right and I, you know I do have an issue with like men can do all these things they want to do and get away with it right and girls can't so right that's so interesting I just wonder how much. I mean, and I'm not, I've never not talked about it. Yeah. But I mean, we don't have to go. No, no. But lots of other juicy stuff. I'm not don't. saying we don't okay. have to. I'm just saying when, when we think about that. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't have to at all. Yeah. That's interesting that you don't think about it that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, look, I don't look like a, I lost me the math poster. Like no. I clearly got over it. Yeah. And the reason I talk about it is because I'm so, I can't fucking believe it. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Like the, the amount of people who stop doing meth and move on and never do it again is very fucking well, low. And you also did it without get, having to get sober. Or I don't want to say yeah. having to get sober because I'm really happy I'm sober. Yeah. But like you didn't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know? It's just, I went to rehab. I got out. So how old were you when you went to rehab? I had my 14th birthday in rehab. Oh, wow. I met my first boyfriend in rehab too right right um, where'd you go I went to it was called CPC Santa Ana it was in Santa Ana okay it's a little like dinky rehab right and your parents found it somehow? yeah yeah it was go sh take her to rehab right now or she's getting arrested okay who said that a police officer okay and why did you say that why I got caught that? in junior high at my school with a little I had done all the drugs but I had like a straw and mm -hmm. a razor and the bindle on mm -hmm. me. And so they were like, this girl needs to go to rehab. And I also had eating disorder, mm -hmm. you know. Let's talk about that. How did that develop? Um, I mean, you know, the women in the fucking 80s hated their bodies yeah. so much. I heard that from my mom all the time. I'm so fat. I'm yeah. so gross. Always on some kind of diet. Yeah. Not to blame my mom about it. But that's another thing I would do with if I had a kid. Yeah. Have a healthy body image so that they don't go crazy and actually that's I mean to jump ahead I dated a guy for five years I met in my early 20s and he had a 10 year old daughter mm -hmm. so for you know until she was 15 I had to be an example for her crucial years yeah too, for that. so I made sure I mean I almost think that's how I got over this eating disorder and like eating like a normal person right and being healthy like that is to you know set an example for her that's so interesting. I will say, you know, because people, I know a lot of people who were raised in, you know, with alcoholic parents and they say, they, they most of them that I know say, oh, so I was never going to drink and then mm -hmm. I did at 20 and it all, the wheels fell off. Yeah. Um, or I know others who were like, they didn't, they drank so much, I decided not to and I never did. Yeah. And I feel like I was, there were so many eating disorders around me that it didn't, like my, my whole family is real weird about it, like real, like 
restrictive and were all exercise addicts. Yeah. And then all of my friends in high school were bulimic yeah. or anorexic. And then I had a ballet teacher who who uh, that I went to. She was so awful, Miss Patterson. If you're listening, ballet is Judith like was not the place name. to go to get like a healthy. No, image. and she used to. We were all so skinny, and she would put us on the scale <sighs> and be like, in the middle of class, she'd bring a scale in. Oh my god! And then she would be like, "This is you have to lose weight." Ugh, I know, and so awful. I have ever, like so many disorders, and I do not have that nor That's have I great. ever. It's so weird because you see this person, you're like, "You're a horrible person," and this is your issue. I don't want to be a horrible. But that's actually kind of why I quit MEP too, is I was like, you guys are all really stupid. Right. And I was, you know, I got introduced to Ray Bradbury. That's what my story was about. The that story is time. what it was about. Didn't you meet him? Yeah. Okay. Because I started, a teacher in junior high gave me one of his books and was like, could clearly tell that I had some issues. Mm-hmm. And I love, I've always loved reading. And she gave me Ray Bradbury kind of on the sly. And mm-hmm. I started reading it and just fell in love. And just decided, like, these people are so stupid. The ones I'm hanging out with, they're not intelligent. I just want to stay home and read all day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go, I didn't do well in school. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly start doing well. I just stayed home and read a lot. And then, yeah, I met him when I was 16 to kind of thank him. Oh, yeah. How did that happen again? Um, he was uh, doing a lecture at the um, the UCLA Book Fair or the Festival of Books. I think, yeah, every just year. And I happened to see it in the paper because that's because the internet wasn't a thing yet, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I had this amazing teacher named Mrs. Mercer who she was just this great English teacher. And she helped me write a letter to him. And I wrote this long letter thanking him for everything he had done for me. And I went to their to the um, book fair by myself mm-hmm. and gave him the letter. And he sent me a package two weeks later with like Zen and the Art of Writing, which is his book, and you know, all these notes in it for me, and it was just like, oh my God. it was one of the most amazing days of my life. Wow. And then I went and got my nipples pierced to commemorate it. Oh, I kind of remember <laughs> that part, yeah. Yeah. Why did you, so were you still the rebel? Yeah, like, I mean, okay. at that point I was kind of a riot, like riot girly. Yeah. So, which is, I think, so much more healthy than anything else, because at least that, the like, that kind of, the point of that is that you're, proud of yourself and who you are because you're a badass woman. Right. Tell me about Riot. I got this mystified. Riot Girl. I mean, I, lo- I just watched the move, the documentary, the punk singer about Kathleen Hanna, who was the lead singer of Bikini Kill. Such mm-hmm. a great, such a great documentary. Um, it's just kind of, well, the best I ever heard, and it was a lot of bands and zines and stuff, but the best definition I ever heard of it was uh, if men were ever treated the way women were treated, there would be a riot. That's so Riot Girl is like, I'm not dealing with this, you know, patriarchal society anymore right. I can do these things myself I can be slutty if I want to be slutty but I'm but I'm also you know a fully formed woman and a badass right right and doing it consciously yeah I'm not I'm not giving it justice but that's yeah no that's okay that's good and um and so then you 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 went to rehab where they promoted like total abstinence of you know with drugs and alcohol or yeah and you know alcohol never wasn't a problem I didn't even drink really until in my I was in my 20s mm-hmm. um so that was never a problem but yeah just yeah I mean it was a straight up like you know hospital type rehab mm-hmm. where you everything was regulated mm-hmm. group therapy all this shit mm-hmm. and yeah don't do any it was all you know teens and stuff and then did you get out and and uh feel enthusiastic about yeah, I mean, I started going to, you know, meetings, mm-hmm. and and they were for young people, so that was really cool. And I also was like, oh, I have it so much better than these people, mm-hmm. like, I am so lucky, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, that was, I mean, I did start using again for a little while. Oh, you did? Yeah, but then I just quit on my own accord. Like, so still when you were a kid? Like 14, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just for like a couple more months, mm-hmm. got into it. But you know, it wasn't fun. It was, I remember all the stories of these older girls that are like now fucked up and prostituting themselves. Right. And I'm like, I don't need to get to that point. Right. Let's not do that. And so what was going on with the food and the eating then? I mean, that's just always been a thing for me is just not wanting to get fat and wanting to control my, my intake and, you know, it's all about control and, mm-hmm. and body issues and liking yourself or not liking yourself. And I was this fucking skinny kid to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I grew up in a family of fend for yourself for dinner and it would just depress me to open the fridge and thought and think of like making food and dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of... So you just didn't eat much. Yeah, I didn't eat much. And it wasn't like, I'm anorexic, I want to get skinny, or, you know, and I wasn't bulimic then very much. Mm-hmm. But it was just a, I, you know, I can't be bothered to eat. It's mm-hmm. depressing. I don't want to eat. Okay. So it was never like a conscious, like, I need to lose weight. And did you get really alarmingly thin? Yeah. You know, I just saw a photo from my bat mitzvah, actually, and I look like a 40-year-old woman in it. I am so thin. My eyes are sunken in. Like, I don't know how... That was except how anyone didn't look right. at me. And, and nobody said anything? I don't think so, no. The, the reason my mom knew is because I said to my sister, like, I think I have a problem. Will you tell mom? Because I don't want to tell her myself, but I know this is not good. Mm-hmm. And so she told her around the same time that the, you know, I got caught with drugs. and Right. And then they were, like, just hoping this was, you know, this rehab thing was yeah, her out. they added that in. Yeah. yeah. And my poor mom, like, I want to... You know, that's part of the reason I stopped, too, is this poor woman is working yeah. her ass off for three fucking kids. Yeah. Her life is not good. She doesn't have a partner, anyone, you know. Right. And I'm like, what am I causing her this problem for, you know? Yeah. So you were, you don't, you were never an addict, really? You just did an addictive substance enough to become addicted to it, you think? I don't know if I was even, I don't think I was an addict. I think I was addicted to this lifestyle, to this image of being bad and hard and not getting you know, I, they, I stopped getting made fun of. I stopped getting teased. Right, right. It worked on that level. And so in terms of the deeper issues that it was masking, what yeah. happened with those? I mean, I've been in therapy yeah. for so long. Yeah, me too. And it just, yeah, I love it. It just mm-hmm. slowly evolved to having self-confidence, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the fucking key is, for me at least, mm-hmm. was not treating myself like shit because I liked myself enough not to do that. How did you stop doing that? God, I don't even... <sighs> so it wasn't like conscious, like, I'm going to do these things because they're going to help my self-esteem. No, I think it was the Riot girl thing. I think, you know, meeting other cool girls that were confident, older girls that were really confident, mm-hmm. and you know, getting my own interests, like going to shows and bands and reading and... Mm-hmm. Just, God, I don't even know. And Ray Bradbury. And Ray Bradbury. Mm -hmm. Like, I am really, honestly, like, look back at that time, and I am, like, like, by the skin of my teeth, I got away from that, and I'm so fucking, I don't know exactly how I did it, I don't remember my thought process completely, but somehow I did it, and I thank God I had the wherewithal to, like... Right. Stop. And then I got into my 20s when everyone started doing coke and shit. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I got away scot-free. I'm so lucky. I'm not going to do this stuff. So you just didn't at all? No. And then, um, wait, and so bulimia, you sort of mentioned that. Yeah. Was that something that... Yeah. I, I have a very amiable gag reflex. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is not good. Yeah. I mean, almost all of my friends yeah. do too. I hate throwing up. I, I think it's more painful for me than it is for other people because I feel like I'm dying and want to go to the hospital. Wow. Which is, I think. That's good. And plus someone told me in high school, oh, it doesn't work anyway. It really? I'm sure it doesn't. Then. No. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so horrible for you. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the, the uh, feeling of throwing yeah. up. I really enjoy that. People love it. They, they feel like all this tension. I mean, yeah. I have like a picking thing that is far grosser sure. than making yourself throw up. So I get <laughs> the endorphin yeah. release from something that is really gross. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's like popping a good zit. It's oh, just this God, like just release. And look, it's been here for weeks. If I if I just left it alone. I thought that was a mall, so you're good. Okay, yeah, but it wasn't like that for a while. <laughs> um, I thought chocolate on my face was a mole I'd never noticed yesterday. Oh my god. Like, look at that. It's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, so you so you, would you feel like, oh my god, I'm stressed, I need a release, or was it just I'm fat? Well, here's the thing that my problem was with all of it is that I love food and eating and I always have. Like mm-hmm. food that's the weird part is I love going out to eat. I love a good meal. I love cooking. I've always loved cooking, mm-hmm. but so I would overindulge and just feel bad about it. And, and then it was an option. It was always like, well, then I can just do this. It was never like a, well, should I do it? Is this right. going to be a thing? It was just like, well, I'm going to go bar for a minute and I'll feel better. Dude, would you tell your friends? Um, no. I, I mean, I knew it was gross. Mm-hmm. I always knew how gross it was. Mm-hmm. And now, you know. So it was just something I would kind of do alone. Mm-hmm. Not, and not all the time. It was just kind of, it was almost like, like an indulgence for me. Like I'm home alone. I'm going to eat this great thing and then I'm going to go barf. And like, so that's my night in, you know, yeah. which is so fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like, I mean, I relate to it on that. I remember being, I mean, this is different, but I just remember one New Year's day where I was so hungover and I was walking and I was like, I'm going to smoke a cigarette because it's going to make me feel nauseous. And I was excited about <laughs> yeah. that. It's like this little plan that you get that it's, yeah. It's weird. Even now, I'll, you know, it'll cross my mind. Like, I'll never do it again, but it suddenly it'll be like, oh, that's an option. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's not, and I know how to quell that now, but mm-hmm. it, it, it is this initial like, oh, well, I can just barf. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. That's so weird. So that I have to make sure that I, I don't Yeah. Care. And that, you know, um... It, yeah, I, I do have um, a girl I know who was put on medication that actually Prozac hel- like helped stop that. Weird, yeah. Weird, I'd never heard of that. Well, before. it's an urge, you know? It's like this unhealthy urge to, to, I mean, really to harm yourself. Yeah, I mean, when I quit smoking, I remember people saying, um, the urge passes whether you smoke or not. Huh. And, and an urge only lasts five minutes. Yeah. I, don't, I think they made up the five minutes thing. Yeah. But I, I, I experienced that where I was like, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette. And then... Well, when you have this option it. in your head to do something, yeah, yeah, if you wait a few minutes, like, and let it pass and think of something else, I feel like I it kind of helps. But I know from resisting food that I want at times, like, that that the urge can go, but it yeah. comes back. It can come back. Well, I'm really, really uh, aware. The food thing now, I mean, I of course, I'm in the food world. Yeah. So I have to be... Super conscious. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't want to restrict myself. I really still, like, eating food and making good meals and having a great meal with people that I love, like, that's one of my fucking favorite experiences. Right. So I don't want, I don't want to 
have issues around that. Yeah, yeah. So I make sure, like, I, I don't ever have a, like, I don't eat bread, I don't eat carbs, I don't ever do that. I just won't overdo it so I don't feel like shit about myself. And I still overdo it all the time. Right, right. But I but think that I have seems a, healthy. Yeah, I have a healthy enough body image now yeah. that I don't. I don't care. Did you ever overdo the exercise thing? Never did that. <laughs> you skipped that one? Yeah, that was, I mean, I guess in high school I did some weightlifting classes and stuff mm -hmm. and some aerobics, but, and I, that was probably part of that, but it was never obsessive, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And you never smoked cigarettes? I smoked cigarettes, but I never really liked them. It was uh -huh. an image yeah. thing. Yeah. Marble Reds. In high school. Yeah, those are some harsh cigarettes. That's so gross. I, those are, I was a can of lights person. Really? And yeah, yeah, so I remember smoking reds and feeling, make no mistake, super cool. Oh, the best, the coolest. But sick. But out of your mind, like you want to barf. Yeah, yeah. I, I even, you know, now and then I'll take a drag of a cigarette, but if I smoke a whole cigarette, I'll get nauseous. Yeah, usually. yeah, I'm sure I would. Yeah. And so, and so then you came into your self in your 20s mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. and then you were working at a at a real estate agency is that what happened no i was working at a court reporting agency oh i feel like that's been miswritten in stories i've read a real estate agency yeah. oh yeah okay i was working at yeah a it wasn't even a real estate it was like a, like a giant conglomerate like we own buildings and right. complexes everywhere like the big scary man Right. Yeah, the man capital. The man, yeah. And so, how, and so, how did you go? Like, how did that happen? I moved back to LA after my five-year relationship. What didn't know what the fuck to do with myself. You know, got a job there, and and luckily I didn't have to do much. So I started writing a blog, and I started writing like food articles around town, and mm -hmm. and uh, I had become friends with Allie, and yeah. she was a journalist, so. And so you guys were just introduced, or you met outside a bar, yeah. where one of you was peeing. I was peeing in a bush. Yeah. We had a really close mutual friend who saw me and waved. I mean, that's just how I am. I'm just yeah. no shame. And, yeah. You know, a little shame, but right. not a lot. And I was in my 20s, so yeah. very little. Normal behavior. Right, 20s, right. So. And then, you know, we just, we met, and it, it was so, I had just moved back, and meeting new girlfriends after a relationship is yeah. so fucking hard. Yeah. So I just went out on a limb and was like, hey, do you want to go out with me sometime? That night. Uh, no, I my MySpace message her. Uh, great, great. I love putting us in a time and a place. Yeah, and so we just you know went on a friend date and mm -hmm. and just started hanging out all the time. And I mean, because that was the thing when I was like obsessively listening to your podcast, I was like, they don't have fights the way I must. I yes, have, we have. Oh with yeah. my no. no, but like the brutal ones where you don't like speak to each other. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you have, do? We have the worst fights you can ever imagine. I mean, because those must be scary. Because when you go, oh, I can never speak to her again. It's like, no, our lives are so intertwined. It's terrible. I mean, in the beginning, they were really bad and hurtful. But then, I, you know, we've learned how to communicate better. And, yeah, like, you, you are going to have to talk again. Yeah. So don't say shit that you're going to have to come back and, like, feel horrible about and apologize for. Right. You know, just walk away. So we have huge fights and not as many anymore, but you know, yeah, we have to keep talking and be friends. Yeah. So be careful and don't say terrible things. And you know, she's a good person. I like her a lot and yeah. I don't, and I, I have a, like a big emotional wall up and I have a really hard time being vulnerable and she needs that from me to be vulnerable. So I've had to learn kind of how to, how to not be a dude about it. You yeah. Know? I relate to that. Yeah. 
Um, do you guys, have you ever been to therapy together? Yep. She came with me to my therapist. That's amazing. I had an amazing therapist and it was like, we had gotten in our biggest fight ever. Mm-hmm. And we had, and then, and then during the time of not talking, we found out we got our TV show. Oh, wow. So we were like, well, we have to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Just one session. She came once. Yeah. And I mean, it went well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for her, it was like, well, this, this woman, this therapist knows me so well. I know. That's why it's great that she was willing I to know. do it with like someone on quote, your side. Yeah. And I think she, I think she felt like worried that she was going to get ganged up upon. Yeah. Um, but I ended up apologizing for some shit that I did. And yeah. I think it went well. And so, and so, yeah. So then you guys became friends. She was working at the LA Times mm-hmm. and you basically kind of in a jokey way said mm-hmm. we should make this disgusting drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We created this like inside joke drink between the two of us. That was, a, we wanted dinner, dessert and booze in one cocktail. Yeah. So we invented the McNuggetini because we were like tw- in our twenties, single girls running around all the time. We wanted right. something quick, and that was our inside joke. And so at the end of the day, I'd be like, "Oh, I need a McNuggetini." So you made them regularly? No, we never made it. It was okay. just a joke. Okay. We never made it. And then as like then you f- did make it and you filmed it. Yeah. yeah. Just like some friend. We our friend Peter Tensio. He's the director for Key and Peele. Okay. I know him. He's a great guy. At the time, he was just like you know doing whatever. We asked him to film it for us. Came to my grandma's house filmed it in my grandma's kitchen mm-hmm. in our best vintage dresses yeah just as a joke right in a day and put it up on youtube and how do people find it I, you know what at the time there was this blog called this is why you're fat oh okay yes 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 the and, richard blakely thing. right and they put it up so he just randomly saw it on youtube i was friends with them and then we okay. were on tumblr together okay or we were just like tumblr friends yeah and they saw it and yeah put it up and then what happened? It just kept going. And then we got an email, a Facebook friend. We would just, we would G-chat all day. Yeah. About joking about having um, a, a travel show. Right. Cunts and Countries, I think, would be a great name. Or Bitches Abroad. That should be a thing. Mm-hmm. Just as a fucking joke. And then we were both like, hey, did you get a Facebook message from someone saying they're like, they're a, like an exec at the Cooking Channel or a Food Network? And we thought he was a creep and it was a joke. And then we looked him up and it was real. Yeah. And then we got the email of the guy who wanted to put us in the um, New York Times as a, like, can these girls really make it off this one video? Wow. And so we were like, let's go to New York and meet the fucking cooking channel okay. guy and meet and get the story written about us. Yeah. And then what happened? And then Food Network were like, can you guys make real videos that are, like, are, can you make these for real for the web? Mm-hmm. So we made... Uh, was it 10 web videos called Drinks with Allie in Georgia just in Allie's apartment mm-hmm. and that went really well and then we made you know another web series called Classy Ladies mm-hmm. out and about and in the kitchen and then we got our show I mean it's insane and the show's been on for how long well we had six episodes of the show called Tripping Out with Allie and Georgia where we went and had fun adventures in different cities and then came home and threw a party for our friends based on our that's so ideal it was amazing but they wanted to make some changes to it that we weren't really happy with Mm -hmm. so we pitched this other show instead called Surprise Party Mm -hmm. so that's we just made a pilot for it oh great and so we're waiting to hear if we get more Okay. okay and we're also on the show Unique Sweets on cooking channel we get to fly around the country and eat sweets what? desserts and then talk about it on camera it's like best week ever for desserts oh my god fr- i can't even believe where it. have you been and what desserts have you had we've been everywhere and eaten everything we did the corona thing oh my god i've eaten i've never had them 
It's fine. It's a donut. A That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've eaten more donuts than anyone probably has or wow. should. Right. But you only eat one for the thing or do they do multiple takes and you have to... They don't even film us eating. We just go to eat them and take notes and then go to New York to talk about them. Somehow that's my job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how often are you guys on that? Uh, We're on that. It's about to start shooting. It was the number one show on Cooking Channel last season. And so we're about to start shooting again. So we've been on that for like three seasons now. Amazing. It's such a great job. And then then you... When did you start the podcast? We started the podcast... About a year ago, um, Dustin Marshall, the guy who's, who mm-hmm. does Feral Audio Sauce at Meltdown, do some kind of sh- like bit and asked us if we want to do a podcast. We had this idea for Slumber Party, and he was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that. It's it, 30, is it every week? Uh, we try to do it every week. Yeah. It's 37 episodes of it, and we've started doing live episodes. And yeah, like going I saw well. That. Yeah. And so I think we're going to start doing that like once a month. That's so, because then you get the rush of. <sighs> you know an audience yeah and he arranged that for you is that no we just like signed with these managers at leg and Uh they're the coolest people and they were like you guys should do this live and set it all up at the improv amazing i I, it's like such a thrill i can't believe that i'm i'm doing a show at the improv like what that's so fucking crazy no i mean but then so you supposedly had no aspirations of like being you know like a media person or no i mean i love i love writing like my i thought was like i'm gonna write a book of short stories about my fucked up crazy like meth head childhood yeah crazy stuff yeah um and you know i have always been friends with comedians and just hung out with them as friends because they're cool people and i like going to comedy shows uh, but we i never thought i know i never did stand up or anything Mm -hmm. like that so you know it kind of it's we're in the food world we're the comedy girls and the comedy world we're the food girls right so it just kind of I like being the comedy girl is better. Oh, you do? Yeah. I mean, in the, you know. Yeah, being, like, being able to. I mean, and that's sort of my concept for this podcast is it's, like, um, there are a lot of ways to be dark talking about issues. Yeah. And there there are podcasts that do that. And it's sort of in my site, too. It's, like, walking a fine line because these are life-threatening issues, but I don't want it to be scary or I want it to show that, like, you can get through these things and and not, you know, spend the rest of your life tortured by them. I I love that because I don't think that it's these things to get you know, super depressed. I mean, if you have these crazy issues currently, yeah, like yeah. you have some shit to slog through before you get to a point where you can talk about it yeah. candidly and with, you know, a bit of humor. Right. But it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I want to talk about those things because I got over it and I'm better than, you know, I could ever imagine. Yeah. And I think it's ironic and funny and and humorous and how lucky I am and like yeah. what a little shithead I was. I mean, yeah, I'm in awe that I, that somehow 14-year-old Georgia figured shit out. Yeah. And, yeah. And so what would you say to people who are, who maybe even have kids that are like that in that age or going through that themselves? Oh, my God. I think, I think it really comes down to self-respect and liking, treating yourself, you know, the way you would treat your friends, which isn't you know, ruining them and ruining their, their bodies and their brains. I mean, but how do you do that if you don't inherently know how to do that? Lots of therapy. Yeah. And I'm with the right therapist too. Yeah. Right therapist and medication. I mean, I'm, I'm such a huge advocate of 
therapy, and I'm shocked when people are like, you know, therapy and, and medication is, yeah, is means I'm weak. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the meds too. Me too. Like, what are you on? I'm on Wellbutrin and Lexapro. Uh huh. Like, I have a fucking chemical imbalance. Yeah, me too. I have, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. I have crazy anxiety because of my genes, because of you know the life I've led, because and nothing that's your fault. Right. I know. I know. I do think that the people who talk about that just simply have never felt what people with chemical imbalances feel. Yeah. Because if you did. You would never talk but, about it in, you know, as something that's weak or that's a choice. But they, they, people think that their personality is going to change completely. And I'm like, well, good, because you shouldn't live your life. Right. You, you don't change completely. You just have a, you know, a positive outlook or a chance to have a positive. outlook. Yeah. You I feel like you get you get to this. You get to the beginning of the race. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the amount the anxiety and depression that I have without this stuff is is crippling. What's yeah. the fucking point of, of making myself go through that? It's yeah. almost like you're a martyr. Like you don't want to, you know, and then there's the people who, who are terrified that if they do get to the beginning of the race, they're going to suck at the race. And so it's better to fall back on the fact that like, I'm depressed and I'm, I have anxiety than like have that out of their way so they can actually live their life. Yeah. I do not understand that. I mean, it's funny. I was just, it's not funny. I was recently talking to my therapist about how what I have a friend who just went completely MIA and she was saying, um, you know, she would text periodically and say, I'm just really going through it. I'm really depressed. And I didn't, really understand that because when I get depressed I get needier than ever oh, yeah. I do not go into the black hole and you know binge watch TV hmm. I need to be out of my apartment and I need people and like and and it feels scary because yeah. I, I don't like being that way yeah. um, and, the, and well, my first my first instinct is to like lock myself up and watch like true crime shows all day. But I know, and like, you know. Oh yeah, you're the one who loves yeah. true crime. And like okay. read about the Holocaust and shit. Cause right. it's like, I want to be deep in the shit, but I, I know I am aware that that is a trigger for me. And if I'm doing that, it's because something's wrong. Right. So I need to get out and talk to friends or, you know, do something for myself. See, I, I, you know, and I do think it's a little bit about my like throwing up thing. It's like, I, I feel like I, I won't survive it. I don't feel like I can withstand it. You know, to me also yeah. like addiction is sort of like, I can't stand how I feel. I got to change how I feel yeah. right now. And that's how I feel when I'm depressed. Yeah. I literally can't take it. It's that's, too much. That's good that you're aware of that and know what to do to fix it. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, it, it, I just don't understand letting it linger with days of TV watching. I sometimes I get it because sometimes when I'm depressed, it feels good to fucking sit and wallow in it. I do not understand that. Really? Yeah. I wish I, I wish it didn't, and I don't do it anymore because I know it's not good for me. Right. And I feel worse afterwards. But there's something, and I think that's a lot of people, you know, not taking medication too, is it's sometimes like you, you identify so much with the depression and it's, it's like, it's nice to, it's like a pig in mud. It's just like, it feels good. It feels sticky and you can, you can stay there and you don't have to try. You don't have to try and do anything because you're depressed quote, you know? Don't. I fucking know. And, and, you know, my mom was, and I grew up with a very depressed mom. Yeah. And, and so napping, like, you know, I remember her just not wanting to get out of bed all day. Yeah. So I know when I take a nap, it's because shit's 
It's never because you're tired? It's because I'm tired because I can't fucking sleep at night because I have anxiety because my right. brain is will not stop thinking and thinking and thinking and that's right. another problem, you know? It's, right. It's just this cycle. So how did you get on the meds and when did that happen? I started taking meds when I was like 13 mm-hmm. on like just Prozac mm-hmm. or whatever. Did that work? Yeah, shit's worked for me. Prozac mm-hmm. and Zoloft, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. So why'd you get on this combo? Uh, it's been a while. I mean, the, the Wellbutrin... I was off meds for a while and then I realized like I was on the train in San Francisco and there was some guy like down the other side of the train doing something that annoyed me and I was so fucking pissed about it and so angry. I get that. that Yeah. Like that's not healthy for you. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter what that person is doing. Yeah. And I have to, I, you know, I got on Wellbutrin and that helped a lot, but I still have to be like, let go. It's okay if that person's doing a shitty thing. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I do think remembering, for me, I'm just so sensitive to annoying noises, uh-huh. remembering that it's it's chemi- it's biochemical yeah. in my brain, yeah. it's not their fault. That's actually a, a thing that's helped Allie and I get along better, is me letting the fuck go and like right. not, con- I'm such a control freak. Like us driving together right. is a fucking crazy trigger. But what about if you drive? I am a crazy driver. Oh, you are? I am just like... A race car, and like, and I'm good at it. Right, me too. You know, but yeah, but it scares people. But it scares people. Yeah, yeah. That's so I, yeah, I need to just let go of things and be like, we'll, you know, when she's driving, we'll get there no matter right, what. Right. And it's you, so hard. you being obsessed, upset about it is going to cause you to get in a fight with each other. Right. So stop it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I get that. Um, and yeah, and the meds thing is really weird because I do think in our society we do feel ashamed because I felt ashamed before anybody shamed me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought um, people who don't need this are better. Oh my god, fuck that! No, fuck I know no. that's what I thought. Are there people who don't need it? I don't think there are people who don't need it. I mean, I think there are. My friend and I, who um, I, you know, I've had a friend since I was twelve, so we, you know, sort of have analyzed these issues mm-hmm. to death, and you know, because. She especially hangs out with people who are, uh, who are happy. Normal. They're normal. Yeah. Oh my God. Who just like have very not exciting lives and I can't even understand that. fine with that. Isn't it weird that we have just like surrounded ourselves with people who are like neurotic kind of? But I find, I've met her friends like that and they are hard. I think they're so dumb, (laughs) you know? And I do think that that's a part of it. Like being smart is overrated in a way because... There have been moments where I'm like, wouldn't it just be great if I were happy to move to the suburbs, get a husband and have children? How fucking nice. That's your dream. Would that be if I wanted that? Oh, it's so easy. Oh, by the way, so you you had a girlfriend. I just was going to say not mention being a lesbian so mm-hmm. always sounds easier, right? No. Well, no. Really? Did I, you know there's this thing online about it? What? Oh my god, oh, I have my computer. What is it? Well, okay, did you ever have a relationship where you shared custody of a dog? Oh my fucking god, no, but here's the thing. Who is that guy? Oh my god, this fucking guy. Okay, my friend had a, had a blog called Deal Breakers, uh-huh. right? And he asked me to write a guest post. Like, what is a basic deal breaker for yeah. you? And I wrote that a person who has shared custody with a dog... Of a dog. Of a dog with their ex is like, that's a deal breaker. Because clearly you're still attached in some way and you're making the dog the excuse. Right, right, right. I feel like you've said that on your podcast. Yeah, and that's my... Th- theory and I'm not going to argue with someone about it because I don't care about it that much to right. like, argue. It's not that big of a deal. 
And this guy thought you said it. I did say it, but he took so much offense that he wrote this crazy... No, but what he wrote what was, he... what he wrote, because I just read it this morning, was that you are the one who said, I shared custody with a girlfriend. What? <laughs> and, um, and I don't see that dog anymore. And his, his rage is about, it's not rage, yeah. is about how you abandoned a dog. Whoa, I, 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 hadn't, I didn't know I'm this. I'm so sorry that I am telling you. No, this. I'm so glad you are because, oh my God. That's, I mean, I don't give a shit if people think that I had a girlfriend. Yeah. But I didn't. I've right. never had a girlfriend. Right. So that's just weird. But yeah. The, yeah. Is, it like, is his name like a Tackerman or something like that? Should we love Yeah, right let's now? look and call this person out. Yeah. Because the guy who wrote, the guy who responded, who ran the Deal Breaker blog, did say that. That he and a girlfriend had shared custody. Or something like that. Okay. What does it say? It says... Let me see. Wait. No, it's see. really harsh. It's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's a tacker. Yeah. And you know what sucks about that thing? Yeah. Okay. So this happened like... It's like 2010 or something, right? Um, it was 2009. Okay. So this happened in 2009. Yeah. But for some reason, his headline is so harsh that whenever people see it, when they Google Georgia yeah. Hartsfrey, they click on it so yeah. it stays up there. Oh, wow. This piece of shit. How do I fucking fix that? I mean, could you write him and say, I think you misunderstood what I wrote, but his yeah. whole thing is it clearly attacking people. And clearly, he clearly he has other issues. Has issues. Yeah. And me like fighting him about it is yeah. going to be, it's yeah. he's not going to be like, okay, cool. Right. I, I, I don't right. care. And you know, that's like part of, I think, part of growing yeah. and, and being and being a confident person is really not, and I try so hard, and it is a trying thing. Not yeah. to shit what people think about you. It's true. It's true. I mean, and the thing that's kind of funny about his harsh headline is you read it, and you're like, let's just say you had had a girlfriend, yeah. and you had to see the dog, and you didn't see the dog anymore. Like, yeah. Really, that's not that bad. Clearly, and clearly, and he says, like, I share custody with my ex, my girlfriend's dog, blah, blah, blah. Clearly, you have fucking issues about it. Then. Right. You just proved my point. Right. You know, what the fuck ever. Yeah. You know, like, ugh. People online are so mean. We, we were on this James Bond podcast where you talk about the movies and mm -hmm. you discuss it. And Allie and I thought James Bond was sexist and kind of not a good movie. Right. And we got just the meanest comments. What would they, what are they? I write? mean, calling us cunts. We've been said those girls should get raped. Ay, ay, ay. It's just insane. Yeah, I know. It's really, it's really, really brutal. I, I, I've gotten so much of it and. I'm sure because you are, because you're a strong woman and it terrifies the people who would write comments like that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely, unfortunately, because I was on TV and I'm not anymore, yeah. like, it, the reason it slowed down is I'm not as visible, but, like, so yeah. it doesn't, it legitimately does not happen as much, but it used to be so hard for me, and now I, re I really can honestly say I don't care. Yeah, it's not nice to not give a shit. Yeah, a, a huge relief. I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw it, I... Like, I was away with a friend in Ojai at this most charming little mm -hmm. bed and breakfast, and the weekend was ruined. Because oh I saw God. it, you know, and I cried, and... and it's, it's really mean and shitty and bad, but those people don't know you. The loudest people are the biggest assholes, usually. Yeah. So you're not reading the good reviews. They're not oh, they telling you that yeah. they like you, because those people don't... Wouldn't cross their minds to tell you what they think of you because you shouldn't care. And then, like, you know, a bad photo of me goes, goes up. Like, right. instead of being like, 
I'm so ugly, I can be like, that's a bad photo of me. Right. That's right. not what I look like. Yeah. Or that's what I look like and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From that particular. Right. We all take bad photos. Yeah. And know? struggling to be like, you know, Allie is clearly beautiful and the pretty one. And so. Oh, that's ludicrous. That is so ludicrous. Well, I feel like the cute one. Oh my god! Cute wow. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna like. I know that you love yourself now, but yeah. I'm gonna attack you on that. I don't. I think you guys are both beautiful, Thank you. and that's it's just not even like a debatable point. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I'm st- I'm actually surprised that you would even say <laughs> such a thing. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, that probably is still an issue for me that I need to know. Um, but I mean, I get it because it's like, you know, I mean, I feel like that is, that is how people like raise children is like, oh, well, she's the blah, 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 Mm -hmm. one and she's the smart one Mm -hmm. and he's the, you know, and it's like, well, what I know to be true about life is that we're all a mixture of many, many things, you know? And so none of us are just the anything. Yeah, no, totally. That's very, you know, that's a very good point. And I'm. I feel good that I, you called me out on that because that is like, well, that's a fucking contradiction. It's just interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and, and I mean, I think what's also notable about you guys is how similar you are. And you would think that 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 would be too much for two people to be so, that's what I kind of love about you guys. It's like I said, I couldn't tell you apart on the podcast. That's so weird because we think of ourselves as fucking polar opposites. Oh, I mean, maybe your interests, but you know yeah. how like, that's what kind of like, what, you know, if you read articles about like, you know, what makes a strong marriage? And people think that it's if they have the same interests. Yeah. And the truth is that doesn't have anything to do with yeah. anything. And then this thing with Ali is basically a marriage. Yeah. Like, we share a credit card. What? Oh, because you have to do <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, and you share a website. We share a website. We share an a Twitter email. account. And an email. Well, she's on Twitter alone. Yeah. But you're not. I just never... I don't care. That surprised me about you. Really? Yeah. I, I don't care. And then by the time I like maybe would care, yeah, it's too late. late. I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. need to do that. I don't need to worry about, you know, have anxiety about not updating yet another thing. Yeah. All. Yeah. I'm addicted to it. So it's that doesn't. I get know. it. I'm kind of addicted to Instagram and I hate it. Yeah. You're into the Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't get into it. Uh, I mean, I do it when I don't get into it. Yeah. I'm just addicted to the validation in super unhealthy ways. I get that. That's yeah. I get that. And literally, like, I post something, and then I check back five minutes later. I posted this video on YouTube recently, just my own, which is, like, I don't do. Mm-hmm. And I've been fucking constantly checking it to see how many views it has. which And the comments, which I never do, because it's me alone. And I never do that kind of thing alone right. anymore. Right. Like, I'll write alone, and I'll do storytelling stuff alone. Right. But, like, a video, I don't. I don't do alone. It's so strange. And then, yeah. And then we think that these strangers are going to, that I I give strangers opinions more importance than the opinions of the people that like know and love me. I just keep thinking like when I look at this stuff and care about this stuff so much and spent like, you know, four hours looking at Facebook stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. The end days are going to come so probably soon. And what a waste of time. We're I know. Oh, God. I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know. I know. And, like, I'm sure there are people who do it in a healthy way, but I do think our society is making us... That that whole thing is making us sicker and sicker and yeah, sicker. Yeah. Like, you know? I mean, even though I had one and I loved it, like, blogs and Pinterests and everyone, like, comparing themselves to each other and showing how fucking charming their lives are I and know. doing things just to take Instagram photos of it I at, like, know. parties I and know. show people how great their lives are. I know. When really they're, you know, miserable. miserable. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <sighs> Life is not what it looks like it is on Facebook. No. No. Um, 
But so, okay, well, so I think I, I've asked everything. Is there anything that you want to, like, say mm. to all the listeners? I, um, um I don't, oh. Put, wear sunscreen. That's <laughs> what Baz Luhrmann says. Yeah? In a song. Really? He, I, maybe I'm getting this mixed up, but I feel like he has a song. No, he gave a speech. You have to look this up okay. later. He gave us like a graduation speech somewhere, and then someone put it to song. Maybe he did. I love it. And it's called Wear Sunscreen. That's brilliant. Yeah. He's right. But, re- I mean, I guess, yeah, really don't, I mean, just take care of yourself. You know what? Be gentle with yourself. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to live is just treat yourself with care and yeah. gentleness and don't be so fucking hard on yourself. Yeah. And like, if yeah, if you notice you're talking horribly to yourself, think if, if I had a child, a six-year-old yeah. child, would I ever call this child stupid, fat, all of these yeah. things that like I might call myself? And you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, I think for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to call myself out on my thoughts. Like, that's yeah. just a thing that I'm going to have to be like, no, no, don't think that, you know, which I do all the time. Right. But it's, that's okay, and you, you need to do that constantly, and it becomes, that becomes habit. Yeah, and you change your brain chemistry. Yeah, you really can. Definitely. So who knows if you're going to have to do that for the rest right. of your life, you know? Yeah. Today, It's definitely do. been a thing. You know, my therapist made me do that, and it's been a thing that's I've, I've done, and now it's, yeah, part of it where I don't yeah. think that way. And if I do, I just remind myself to go back on track. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is so charming. Oh, my God. Lovely. Okay, thank you for having me. No, it was it was fabulous. It was super fun. And we're, awesome. so people can find you um, on the, the Twitter at, at Allie and Georgia. Yeah, A-L-I-E and Georgia. Was there ever a fight about whose name goes first? No, it just worked better with Allie and Georgia. Yeah, alphabetical. Yeah. yeah. And um, and you're on Tumblr? I'm on, we're on Tumblr, Allie and Georgia. I'm on it myself, but I don't really go to it. Um, but we're on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram as Hardstark. Uh-huh. And and like her YouTube video of her by herself. Oh, it's really you. important. Okay, you guys? <laughs> and Slumber Party Podcast. Slumber Party Podcast, please. It is a must Thank listen. You. you better be on it. Will you come in the TV? I would die to. It feels <laughs> like you guys have a lot of like YouTube stars though. We're friends with some of those people, like Grace Helbig and all that and you know. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they've yeah. come in and and done that. But mostly it's our like friends and comedy. Uh, my favorite like thing a guest of yours ever said because I think about it actually every day oh, yeah, was I don't know who it was but she talked about going to like the Mac store and the person was like selling her something and she goes yeah the 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 saleswoman said mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm gonna do nothing for my face I'll just put this on and the and the guest was like this thing that I've never heard of <laughs> is like what this woman does yeah it's like do you remember that I think it was probably Mamrie Hart might have been maybe. maybe. Um, yeah, no, I yeah. gotta come in the TV yes, any please. day. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, and thank you just so much for doing this. You, you know, I've wanted to have you on it for a while. I so. really appreciate you having me. Okay, it was thank so you. fun. She was great, right? You have a crush on her, right? Like a girl crush if you're a girl, boy crush if you're a boy. Okay, well, I hope you loved her as much as I do, and I hope you give us so many stars on the iTunes, and I hope you tweet at me what you think. See you next time.